Dave Shumka and he's Graham Clark and together we host Stop Podcasting Yourself Woo! Hello everybody and welcome to a special bonus episode uh, not of Stop Podcasting Yourself but starring the two dudes from that show what are their names? Luke Perry and Jason Priestley. Oh my God, it's a sideburn fest. <laughs> um, this is a, a donors only exclusive, so we just want to say thanks, donors. Yeah, you guys, your your donations make my bonation possible. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so uh, I think last year, or the year before, um, uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation uh, put out a call. To uh, media makers of all sorts, uh, to to submit an idea for a summertime replacement series on CBC Radio, mm-hmm. and so we pitched an idea that we thought was it, it was the the basic banter you enjoy from Stop Podcasting Yourself. Hey. But framed a little bit more, uh, have a bit more of a structure. Yeah, with a little bit of research and a little bit of something. Something. So a, uh, a, a goal. Yeah. To uh, learn. Uh, mise en sens. Mm, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, we came up with an idea where Dave and I would both uh, research uh, an old trend fad um, kind of uh, something that was going on in the past that doesn't go on anymore. Yeah, but something maybe we've heard referenced or... Yeah, and something that was like really popular and and done uh, kind of uh, throughout an entire country or an entire culture. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we would also search for something that's happening right now. Something new that uh, maybe you've heard about, maybe you haven't heard about. Something that's like a trending topic on Twitter that you cannot, like, under you. it just yeah. looks like gobbledygook. Or like uh, some kind of catchphrase that you've heard used and you're like, then you have to go on Urban Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, we, Graham and I, are stuck between generations. That's right. So we understand a lot, but this is an exploration of things that uh, uh, that don't belong to us. From before and things that don't belong to us from right now. Yeah. The only thing that belonged to us as a generation were uh, Lisa Loeb. And slap bracelets. <laughs> That's right. What? <laughs> are oh, we a Lisa Loeb slap bracelet. Are we middle-aged? Um, what and when it does depends middle- on when you die. I guess so. <laughs> they count it back and they go, "That's okay. when it, uh, they were." Uh, well, you you know how, why he was that way. <laughs> he was middle-aged. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's why sometimes uh, somebody will buy uh, a sports car at seventeen because mm-hmm. they don't they don't last very long. Well, but that might also be a body swap. Oh yeah, that's right. That's also something that very much belongs to our generation. Yeah, body swap films. Um, so uh, the loose format that we came up with was uh, we would just kind of go old, new, old, new, and um, I'll start. Oh, do we need a theme song for the show? Yeah, hit it. <laughs> Zip zap, zippity do, all do. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking all things and new things and putting them together till we die. Perfect. <laughs> um. So, uh, the first thing we're oh, uh, and by the way, yeah, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation passed on this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they said no thanks, but they also said. What was the one? There was a point of the rejection where they're like, "We we're not uh, we're we're only interested in uh, new things, not old things." And I was like, hey, "Look at your you, audience. Have you seen Coronation Street?" Um, so, <laughs> uh, should I start with something old? You're the boss, applesauce. Oh, okay. I'll start with something old. Okay. Then you do something new. Mm-hmm. So the first old thing that I. Uh, and I had no idea this was a thing. Okay. This was a trend around the uh, kind of the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. You're talking 1900, 1901, 1902. 1900 up to kind of uh, the 1920s-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is staged train crashes. Okay. <laughs> so... No, okay. <laughs> this was this was a thing that happened 
primarily uh, happened because uh, trains switched over from steam power uh -huh. to electrical. Okay. So like, yeah, commuter trains. Yeah. And so they had all these steam powered engines they weren't using anymore. Uh -huh. And so they were going to be scrapped. And so an entrepreneur that uh, went by the name of Joseph S. Connolly, he, uh, he realized if, if you built a track and put one engine at one end and one engine at the other oh. and ran them into each other, people would pay money to come and see them. Yeah. So <laughs> this was, this was, we're going to, we're going to be throwing these engines away anyway. Mm -hmm. There's a, <laughs> it was like the first demolition derby. Yeah. It was like jousting. Yeah. But with guaranteed, everyone loses. Yeah, yeah. But these were, no one was in these trains. Nobody was in the train. The way that they would do it was- How far apart did they have to start? Like to uh, build up speed? Uh, let me let me see if I can find the exact uh, measurement. Um, I don't know the exact speed, but they would get them up to like 60 miles an hour. Okay. And they would, uh, the engineer- Train engineer would be, woo woo. they would be in each of the trains. They would start it out and then they would both jump out okay. while it was still gaining speed. They would wear their uh, stripey overalls. You betcha. And stripey overall hat. That was, uh, that was standard <laughs> engineer clothing. Uh-huh. Um, bagosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so th this was something that this guy did all over the United States. He did 73 of these. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All over. All over. Uh, between 1896 and 1932. And you would only go, You they would only do one at a time. Uh, like, they, you wouldn't show up to, uh, oh, they're going to smash a bunch of trains. Today. No, they would smash two. Two, yeah, yeah. But it would only be one event, and they wouldn't be like, all right, clear these off the track, next one's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now here comes Trainosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but if you think about it. That would be an awesome thing to see. Yeah. Two trains crashing into each other and blowing. Up. And it would be an awesome thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I find so often we only hear about trains derailing. That's true. I've never seen one happen. Oh, uh, I don't even know. How do I even know that they're happening at all? Mm, mm -hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Like the moon landing. Um, I, yeah, because it's, uh, uh, it did take them a while to, <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> like, I think trains accidentally were were hitting each other all the time back then as well yeah because i think uh well of course there had to be just a guy that switched there was like a switch man yeah who would just like <laughs> but also the it tracks. was like uh, the trains departing at this time and then you know sometimes a guy's watch would stop oh yeah. and so the train would be five minutes off and it would run into another train so the like this was a thing that was actually happening. Yeah, and then they were and like, people were like, mm. oh, I wish I could see it though. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. I just read about it in the old timey one page newspaper that the old west used to put out. Yeah, extra, extra, <laughs> the daily extra. Um, and did it stop because they ran out of trains, or did it stop because people were like, wait, we could still use these? <laughs> yeah, I think. If you're somebody that- Also, you're uh, damaging the rails. <laughs> well, they would build rails specifically for this. Mm. They would build like a one rail setup at the fairground. Okay. And then, I don't know how they brought the trains in. At the fairground. Okay. Yeah. So, this was at like, this was done as like a one-time thing at uh, at a fair uh -huh. or, uh, you know, an exhibition or whatever like that. That would be the big headline event was we're going to crash two trains did they, into each other. Did, would people- People would sit and watch, I guess, in a grandstand. How far back? Well, this is this is the interesting thing because the first time this was ever done was a one-time publicity stunt in 1896 mm -hmm. by a different guy named William George Crush, uh, and it was in. He made a fake town called Crush, Texas. I feel like anyone from that era <laughs> invented a soft drink, and I know which one he invented. <laughs> Doctor Pepper. Yeah. Um, so th what happened at this one, there was no, uh, this was, uh, the whole town was set up to have a train crash as a spectacle. Okay. Oh, okay. And um, there was no admission charged and the train fares to the crash site uh, were at a reduced rate. So this was a big publicity stunt. So you had to take a train to go see a train. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, crash. Same, same as if we went to a modern day plane crashing. Yeah. We would have to take a plane to go there. Well, because, yeah, you would take a train to a... You're taking a train that has a like a 40% chance of crashing to go see two trains that have a 100% chance of <laughs> yeah, crashing. that's right. <laughs> also, back in those days, uh, crashing a train, maybe not your biggest worry, was a lot of train robberies. Sure. There were a lot of people just jumping on the train and robbing people. Yeah, yeah. while their uh, uh, horses strode alongside. <laughs> yeah. Strode? <laughs> so this, uh, what happened at this one, though, was uh, they didn't uh, get the crowd far enough away. These uh, two things crashed. Mm-hmm. The boilers exploded. Uh-huh. Many spectators were hurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, oh, there was also several fatalities. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. So then this guy uh, built on that uh, uh, that oh, phenomenon. And uh, maybe make them stand back And this was like meters. before, uh, you know, suing people. Or like signing a waiver. That's true. Lawyers were mostly uh, getting people. Uh, I think back then lawyers, uh, they like, it was uh, like they evolved from barbers. <laughs> yeah. So you go and get your haircut, get, you know, the lawyer would bloodlet you with leeches. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, a lot of uh, those your trials used to happen in barber shops mm-hmm. um, while somebody was getting a shave. Mm-hmm. And so that's why uh, you don't yell objection. You just say it because it would startle the guy with the razor. <laughs> um, Can you identify the man? Well, no, he had a beard. <laughs> He's not, he doesn't appear to be here anymore. And the guy's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. That's my, uh, my first old trend uh, staged train wrecks. Well, I learned something today. Yeah, fun, right? And the guy who invented Orange Crush. Dr. Julius Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a new thing. Okay. And this is a, uh, a craze that is going on as we speak. I just need to find my uh, sound effect. Sure. <laughs> well, it's not the sound <laughs> effect. Uh, I need to find, uh, uh, I'm going to play you a clip. Okay. Of uh, the TV show, The Doctor. Doctor, give me the news. You know, Everyone's probably laughing because I've got a box of tampons. <laughs> you know, but some laughing. women are soaking tampons in vodka, inserting them into their vaginas, and men into their rectums for a quick high on alcohol. So they're basically are you high on alcohol? In, and then when they insert this into those areas, it goes straight into their bloodstreams. It's just like injecting. Is he putting it, it, it in his butt for women though? Oh, yeah. Because vaginally, that is just going to destroy the vagina. I'm, gonna, I'm turning it off because it's starting to sound like my Tinder profile. <laughs> All right. So this phenomenon is going on every day today. Okay. Everywhere. Monday in, to Friday. In every way. Yeah. Uh, it's the craze known as butt chugging. <laughs> okay. Now this is uh, 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 no, uh, consuming alcohol through one's anus. Sure. Or vaginus. Yep. Um, uh, either through a, a funnel or a tampon. Okay. But funnel, less likely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, this is clearing Although, up a lot of things well, for me. <clears throat> uh, the earliest printed reference of this dates back to 1999 okay. in Finland. Of course. Where it's a vodka heavy country. Yeah. Um, although I don't know why <laughs> you wouldn't just drink it then. Uh, although the rumor is uh, older than that. Um, the alcohol is supposedly absorbed into the bloodstream faster than it would be through the mouth. Right. Be- because it bypasses uh, everything. It bypasses your stomach. It bypasses your liver. It's just going right into, into your... the bloodstream. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you have the added benefit of uh, you don't have alcohol on your breath. Oh, yes. Yeah, see, I didn't even think about that. So then you could get drunk and your parent. I'm assuming this is young people are doing <laughs> yeah i would assume so as well uh but also a business professional who wants to get drunk at work yep and doesn't want anybody to oh, it's uh, my little it. secret yeah 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 just get the funnel out because <laughs> i had heard about this trend just the word i didn't really do any uh follow-up research right um <laughs> yeah we've all heard of it um, but I, th- I only heard a bit of it after I was a grown adult, and so I've never considered it. And also, I never got drunk as a young, and I never drank before I was legal. 
Never? Not even a beer? Not even. Not even in your butt? Well, no, <laughs> one time I did put a, uh, uh, well, I, I filled some condoms with beer. <laughs> and then I swallowed them <laughs> up my butt. Yeah. <laughs> they still could be there to this day. Uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, call us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, because uh, uh, the, the question I always had about this mm-hmm. was uh, with the funnel system. Yeah. Like a uh, beer bong. Yeah. The, the, you're uh, like, because if you get an enema, it doesn't just keep all the fluid. It, mm. uh, releases at some point so that's Uh, what i was always very concerned about oh i don't know that uh yeah i know if you get a colonic yeah it sort of like you you're you'd be surprised how 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 dried out your colon is yeah can really absorb a lot but uh uh, i think when you yeah when you when you flush a liquid in that area it uh, it holds some and then it releases well it's dangerous because of uh, uh what it can do to the tissue Sure. Uh, and because it, it um, you can't vomit it out. So if you, like normally if you drink too much right. alcohol, you your stomach just forces it out. Um, it has been a plot point on CSI. Of course. And Law and Order SVU. Yep. Uh, and news stories have popped up about it every few months on local newscasts and doctors and police give their opinions. But there's never any kids. Yeah. Who, and that maybe that's because... Like, who would volunteer to talk about it? <laughs> but maybe it's because nobody has ever done it. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm <laughs> That's what I'm beginning to wonder. Is this like, um, uh, you know, like an urban legend kind of thing, like the uh, story of the woman that had like a huge beehive and it had a spider's nest living in it, and it was supposed to be like an urban legend to discourage kids from having beehive hairdos? Well, maybe it is. Uh, I wouldn't say nobody has ever done it Mm -hmm. because there's pictures on the internet. (laughs) Sure. And there's blogs and like Vice Magazine articles of people trying it. Right. Uh, So it's it's people, uh, people have done it. Nobody's doing it. Right. It's not, nobody's going to uh, a butt chugging party. Yeah. It's, it's not an actual craze as a news story or myself would claim it to be. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, there's a, a few reasons why. Uh, wet tampons are impossible to put in. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, it, it burns. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and, uh, a tampon itself can't actually absorb uh, more alcohol than a shot of alcohol. So, like, you wouldn't be getting wasted. Ah, uh, so like this, the the kind of the the basic common sense science doesn't doesn't meet this out. Now, in 2012, a frat member at the University of Tennessee was hospitalized with alcohol poisoning uh, after allegedly butt chugging, but then he held a news conference <laughs> <laughs> and claimed that no. <laughs> He, he he would never do that. The only people who showed up at the news conference was Spike TV News. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2005, a woman was charged with negligent homicide for administering a sherry enema that caused the death of her husband from alcohol poisoning. Sherry? Yeah. Was her husband Frazier? <laughs> it was in Washington State. It might have been. Oh, oh mercy. <laughs> um. Um, and uh, 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 I read an article of a guy experimenting uh, with it in Vice magazine, and uh, he said it's just very hard to consume a lot. So yeah. he, he said it's more like butt sipping. <laughs> yeah. And I thought also, because uh, I was telling a friend about this a couple of weeks ago that I like read about butt chugging. Yeah. And uh, my friend was like, well, you wouldn't be able to do it. To yourself, unless you were very kind of flexible. Mm. So you would have to have a friend. Oh, yeah. I guess so. And I... Like, even... I don't know anybody. Even beer bongs where you drink, like, that you funnel into your mouth are a two-person operation. Yeah. So this is... I'm saying, like, there's no teenager who wants to get drunk so bad that another teenager will help him (laughs) by pouring alcohol. In his or her butt. I don't know. There's usually, there's a totem pole in in high school. And if you're low on the totem pole, you'll do whatever it takes. That's true, to, to improve your position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. So, so it may be a thing that people are doing, but probably not. 
No, it's not a thing people are doing. Yeah. Butt chugging. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome. So now we do another old one. Uh, yes. So, so you you lead the charge. I'll do an old one. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, a trend that uh, dates back to 1959. So you, you're a college student in 1959. I helped my parents get together in 1955. Yep. I traveled back to 1985. And then you go back to 1959 to attend college. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're afraid of Cuba's new dictator, Fidel Castro, and yep. you're, you're mourning the deaths of Buddy Holly Richie Valens, and to a lesser extent, the Big Bopper. Well, not in my books. He's the tops. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, so what do you do? You cram yourself and as many friends as possible into a phone booth. Yes. This is the 1950s fad of phone booth stuffing. So uh, this was uh, this was like all over America. It was all over the world. Really? And it's uh, it's like a corny college prank. Yeah. That's like nobody gets hurt. Like you're not pranking someone else. No. You're just doing pulling a stunt. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you think back on what your dumb parents <laughs> did in college, <laughs> you imagine they spent years, <laughs> four years, stuffing themselves <laughs> into phone booths. Now uh, this was before entertainment. <laughs> this was right. this was before the Beatles. Yeah. This was before uh, the, the like the free love generation. Everyone, was it before Elvis? No, Elvis would have been El, on the but scene. It's, people were still very repressed. Yeah. So this was <laughs> this now, was a, an excuse to touch bodies. This is what I was going to ask. Was this a co-ed activity? Uh, not necessarily. But it wasn't not a co-ed activity. Like, right. Okay. Uh, sometimes it was done competitively. To see who could fit the most. Yeah. Now, in, in 1959, the first case of this is also a, apparently the world record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's harsh. In 1959, in the spring, 25 male students, male, M-A-L-E, they yeah. weren't postal students, <laughs> oh, <learning>. <laughs> uh, from Durban, South Africa, set a world record when they managed to cram some of their body into a standard phone booth. 25 guys. Oh, wow. Uh, they, uh... And they, they set this record. It was apparently unofficial. Guinness has not signed off on it. Right. Um, and they ranged in height from five foot four to six foot two. Now, have you ever in just your adult life uh, had more than one person in a phone booth? In my adult life, phone booths haven't existed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I remember when I was a kid, me and my brother tried to get all in a phone booth uh -huh. together and close the door. Almost impossible. Okay. And we were kids. Um, I have sometimes gone uh, two people in a re uh, revolving door. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Was that ever a trend? <laughs> well. <laughs> um, and so word somehow traveled and college students everywhere were trying this, uh, whether to break a record or just kill time. Right. Uh, because like they never, I'm sure the phone booths in South Africa are different than the ones in uh, London town. Oh yeah, because the ones in uh, London were uh, they were on a hinge. The red, the, those red boxes. In, and yeah, in the UK it was called a telephone box squash. <laughs> um, it was featured in newspapers and magazines as sort of a mild amusement. Right. Uh, and there's a famous photo in Life magazine of 22 students in a phone booth. Um, apparently, it was a very hard sh photograph to get because <laughs> they. Uh, <laughs> You have to, they had to like hold it for a certain amount of time. Right. And it was very difficult to do. And also the, um, the windows, uh, of the phone booth keep steaming up. Of course. So it's yeah, hard yeah. to photograph. Um, now you think of this as being like, when you think of a craze, <laughs> you think of it as something that like happened for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, apparently it, it lasted for like. Two seasons. <laughs> like by by fall, no one was doing this anymore. The nation's phone booths, while ruined, were now empty. Yeah, but, but throughout the spring and summer, people were uh, they tried different methods. They would like some would let you keep your limbs inside. Some would have your limbs out. You didn't have right. to close the door. Uh, sometimes they would tip it over and get in like a boat. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Aside from ruining city property. And it, <laughs> um, so uh, according to Wikipedia, it was passe by the end of 1959, replaced by the more sedate fad of hunkering. 
which which I looked up, and that's <laughs> squatting in groups, like hanging out on your haunches. <laughs> so, that but that they weren't trying to set any record with uh, hunkering. Hunkering was just a it was, casual it was social squatting. <laughs> Although, like, it's no worse. It's no dumber than planking. No, and that that's what it made me think of. This whole thing made me think of like planking. Yeah, uh, it but was they like, didn't have social. They, like, no one was posting. They had to wait for a photograph photographer to show up from a newspaper <laughs> or from yeah from Time magazine or <laughs> yeah. Life magazine. Now uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> did it, you think the adults at the time did they think ah these kids this generation yeah they probably oh, anything yeah and they were right the generation <laughs> did they ruined the world yeah. <laughs> We fought in the war, and these kids are stacking themselves in some phone booths. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, uh, but, it, and it was primarily like a college, this is like what college kids were up Yeah, and you would be like, you think back to your crazy college days. Oh, yeah, one day we all went in a phone booth. <laughs> but it does seem like, it does seem like it was just a way to, uh, like you say, touch other people's bodies. Yeah, I think so. And, um... And so, you, <laughs> but the fad has come back, uh, or, or came back later in the form of fitting as many people as possible into a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh yeah, was that in the like recent times? Oh no, that was that was like like in the sixties, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the <laughs> December nineteen fifty nine. It's back, everybody. And just as a reference, uh, nineteen fifty nine. Here's some fads from nineteen fifty nine that stuck around longer than. Phone booth stuff. Okay. Uh, Alaska and Hawaii became full-fledged U.S. states. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a, <laughs> that was a keeper. Yeah. Uh, the Barbie doll was launched. Oh, wow. 1959. And the first known human case of HIV was discovered mm. in the Belgian Congo. Really? Yeah. That early? Yeah. Wow. So, while these people, had they known about HIV, they probably would have found it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They would have had uh, misconceived notions about how you catch yeah, it. Yeah, if in the 80s people still thought you could get it from a toilet seat, well, then, then certainly you could get it from a phone booth in the 50s. <laughs> the uh, finding out that they knew about uh, HIV in the 50s is like the finding out that Pat Sajak was in the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think many people knew about it. No, but it's still, I had no idea. I thought it was something they discovered in like the late 70s yeah. and then became a thing in the 80s. Um, and wow. there's an actual Guinness record for phone booth stuffing. It was set in 2012 and it is seven people, seven contortionists. Oh, really? All female with their full bodies inside. Oh, no arms. And like, because some of those in the, what was the first record? It was 25 people. That must have been some people's who's just arm. Yeah, there, but then why wouldn't like, a hundred people just put their hand in there. Yeah, that's true. They probably didn't have that many friends. <laughs> it's hard to convince a hundred people to put their hand in a phone booth. I wonder, my, for sure my parents, uh, they didn't do that. They were too young. They were too young. My parents are probably, well, they were they were just on the verge of going to college, I think, in the late 50s. So maybe, yeah, where my dad grew up, they wouldn't have had phone booths. Yeah, it's funny too to think about uh, that phone booths were at one point just so plentiful that like anybody could do some phone booth stuffing. <laughs> now, like even if you see pay phones, they're generally like on a wall in an airport. Yeah. They're not in a booth. I remember like, yeah, I think the last time I saw a phone booth was maybe the, yeah, like when I was a kid in the early nineties <laughs> and, and the fascination for kids with phone booths is the Superman. Uh, Superman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just wouldn't see them anymore. Oh, it was, I've always found them scary and dirty and gross. Oh, they are all that. Yeah. They're all that. And a bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never found a bag of chips in them. <laughs> uh, wow. So phone books. Yeah, phone booths. That's my oldie. Do you have an, a newie? I do have a newie. Um, now this, this is a trend amongst, uh, the youth that, uh, uh, started, I think from a, uh, a Vine video that went viral. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen it happen in real life. I never thought it could happen to me. <laughs> I know, uh, a friend of ours, um, uh, Ember, mm-hmm. Kanapaki, uh, is a, a teacher and yeah, okay. she has been exposed to this. Uh, apparently this happens all the time with kids. It's funny that teachers are probably pretty hip. 
Well, they know they know what's going on and in yet, the culture. When I was a kid, they were not. <laughs> no, but you know, <laughs> like, but just by their position. Yeah, but I think uh, we, because of the era we grew up That's in. That's true. There were a lot, a lot of, of older almost teachers. retired. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this trend is yelling, what are those? At the top of your, at the top of your lungs. Okay. Uh, basically, it's always in reference to somebody's shoes. Uh-huh. And it started with a Vine video of a guy talking to a police officer, looking at his shoes, pointing the camera up in the sky, and then back down at his shoes and yelling, what are those? <laughs> Making fun of his shabby uh, policeman, policeman shoes. And this has taken off with kids, and it is the ultimate insult. If you're wearing a pair of shoes, they're kind of run down oh, or no. out of style. Oh, ah. Somebody can shame you oh, forever. But I love my shoes. Yeah. Yeah. These are my new uh, new penny loafers. Um, <laughs> penny loafers. <laughs> so uh, this has been passed around. It's been made into a bunch of different Vine videos uh-huh. that have- How many uh, loops? This one- Oh my that's, God. That's a, uh, a, sp- a spoof of the Jurassic Park theme song <laughs> uh, that has- uh, <laughs> Without, is, without having seen this, can I say, what are those? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is on July 1st, Viner Danny Gonzalez uploaded an auto-tune remix of the original What Are Those audio dubbed over a scene from the film Jurassic Park. He's edited in shoes onto all the dinosaurs. Aww. Uh, the video gathered upwards of 8.9 million loops, uh, 250,000 likes, and 110 thousand revines oh man uh and we might as well uh hear what are those uh from uh danny gonzalez that's it that's it that's a vine that's yeah i know a vine is um no i wasn't saying that's it i was saying that's it yeah that's it um, and, uh, so that was shared all over the world. The thing is, you were saying this with phone booth stuffing. Yeah. That the parents probably thought they wouldn't amount to anything. That is a universal sentiment f- passed down from generation to oh, generation. very much so. And yeah. they're always right. Like, you can't <laughs> fault someone for seeing that and being like, oh, no. Um, now, this trend, uh, apparently has, uh, gone all over North America. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, boy, oh, boy. You just never, you never know when somebody's going to sneak up on you and so give there, you a, what are those in front of a group of people. And do people document these in videos of just going up to a, yeah, s- some chump and some, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh nasty kicks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, some, uh, so, some like weird, like, yeah, especially like if you're wearing like, uh, Crocs, uh-huh. you know, or some sort of uh, uh, like an Ugg boot, something that's uh, styled for comfort yeah. over uh, style. A sketcher. Those are going to get a what are those? And uh, there's no comeback for it. A sketcher's shape up. <laughs> now this. Do you remember those shoes? <laughs> this is for a future episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you would see. Maybe not in your magazines, but in not quite Sports Illustrated, but maybe Sports Illustrated, but in like. Like there was like Sports Weekly, there were like lesser sports magazines. Yeah, and it would be shoes that had like a little thing under the ball of your foot, and then just uh, and it was like a little platform, oh. and they were for uh, making you be able to jump higher. Didn't uh, it wasn't that the kind of shoe that George Costanza was trying to sell? Oh, maybe, <laughs> and then he, he was trying to demonstrate his uh, his vertical. <laughs> I feel because yeah, dude, Kramer wears a pair of those. Like to the Mel Torme dinner, <laughs> oh, <laughs> something like that. Um, now this uh, this trend reached its kind of zenith, uh-huh. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, when a, a kid recorded himself doing this to none other than Michael Jordan. Oh, the shoe master himself, Michael Jordan. Uh, who I think does a lot of work with uh, schools. Uh-huh. Uh, he was at a school uh, talking about uh, pursuing your dreams and whatnot. And a kid it came to the question period and the kid said, I just have one question. What are those? And did the place erupt? The, the kids went 
bananas. And what was Michael Jordan's face during this? Uh, Michael Jordan's in the distance, so you can't quite see his face, but he, he asks a kid. What does that mean? Yeah, what just happened? And uh, I didn't, I, I came here to teach you not to get schooled. Yeah, yeah. And also I'm a, uh, uh, one of the most famous men in the world. <laughs> and also like so, so, shoes that you all wish you could own. <laughs> yeah. I have my name on them. And so he asks a kid and then uh, like the kids have lost their mind. This uh -huh. is the silliest thing that's ever happened. Then uh, Michael Jordan responds, I'm lost on that uh, Vine stuff, man. What are those? These are 29 lows. The kids go bananas oh, because yeah. Michael Jordan knows how to play. Right. <laughs> so. Uh, they are from the year 2029, these shoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If mankind's still alive. Oh, boy. Um, so there you go. That's, uh, that, that's the trend. I feel like that may have been the. That's the, that's that, yeah. how high the trend's going to go. It's like when uh, Obama made that Thanks Obama video. You can't really do anything. You can't really say thanks <laughs> exactly. Obama anymore. Yeah. So uh, there you go. What are those? Um, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's a new thing. That's a new thing. So is it my turn to do an old? Uh, or yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I just did phone booth yeah. stuffing. So do you do an old now? I'll do an old. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this... This is another trend that uh, was popular in the college <laughs> college circuit during the, the college years. Uh, this is uh, this is back in the nineteen twenties. Ah, cast your mind back to the jazz age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gatsby. Yeah, uh, the Roaring Twenties. Flappers. Yeah, Charleston Chew. Yeah, <laughs> it's Charleston Chew. Everybody's favorite snack. This was a fad called goldfish swallowing. Which hasn't, un unlike uh, Hunkerin, uh, Hunkerin <laughs> hasn't <laughs> completely disappeared. There's still uh, variants of it still going. There's today. that one. Uh, what would you call him? Uh, uh, <laughs> the guy who swallows light bulbs and yeah, goldfish. I have his name in here. Steve, the professional regurgitator star. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to. He's not a comedian per se. He's not a magician. No, he's he's a uh, regurgitator. Yeah, but he will regurgitate fish, a uh, cue ball, a uh, light bulb. And by regurgitate, you don't mean vomit up. You mean no, intact. Somehow sucks it back out. He can also apparently do a thing where he will swallow an entire cup of sugar and then swallow an entire cup of water and bring them both back up separately. separately. Wow, he's like a cow with a four chambered stomach. <laughs> he may just be. I bet he's he can probably butt chug. He can probably put a tampon <laughs> up his butt and pull it out of his mouth. And people would pay to see it. Yeah. Um, so this all started. Um, wait a minute. Did I have to have this right? I want to make sure that I. Yeah. Goldfish swallowing. Uh, it was an American school fad starting in the 20s where a live goldfish is swallowed. This, so this isn't a dead right. goldfish. Uh, it's not clear how the fad emerged, um, but people say that it started at Harvard University. Oh, hmm. Um, Ooh la la. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna start somewhere, uh, they say that the fad itself started in uh, the spring of 1939. Okay. When Harvard but freshman Lothorp Withington, <laughs> little brother, <laughs> yeah, Richie Richardson. <laughs> Swallowed one when a classmate wagered that he couldn't. Okay. Uh, and what, what do you suppose he wagered? Uh, <laughs> Facebook. The future of America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The next presidential uh, outcome. Uh, Withington had seen it done 10 years earlier while on vacation and bragged that he had done it once before. Oh. The event received vast coverage from the local media in Boston. From the Harvard Lampoon. <laughs> And you got to understand, this is 1939. Not a lot was going on. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hitler is Time's Man of the Year. <laughs> yeah. not, not a lot's going on in America. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, uh, within weeks, <laughs> students, mostly men, of course, uh, were sucking down five, ten, twenty, and even thirty fish at a at one sitting. Okay. Would they? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
you know, this was the best time to own a pet store. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, like when this first wager happened, did they happen to have an aquarium there? I'm sure that he must have eaten somebody's goldfish for that that wager that put it on the uh, that put it on the map. Because why? Where else would you get one? Like, wouldn't you say like, no? I bet you I could eat that. Yeah, I wonder. Like, because. Well, nobody, I, well, I haven't <laughs> been in a pet store, like a, a pet store that has like fish in it in years. No. I, I know I can go to one today and buy a thousand fish for a yeah. hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. And, uh, <laughs> and then you can be king of the fish. Yeah. <laughs> you can pour them into a bathtub with you and just sit in there and be king of the fish. Um, so is it, was the, it was swallowing, not eating. So uh, is it? Yeah, I don't think there was like any rules on it because it was a thing. But it sounded. wasn't. No one was regurgitating them up alive. <laughs> Not until that one guy came along. So of course, this guy bragged that he had seen it done ten years earlier. Anyone can swallow it. It's just like it's not physically a challenge. It's it's mind over matter. It's also you know try not to uh, throw up. Yeah. And also. Try not to be such a douchebag <laughs> that you're that you're eating a live thing while it's alive. Still, they'll never remember it. <laughs> They've got very short <laughs> memories. Um, and so this uh, this went this went all over the country, and people were doing it. Even even ladies got in on it. Well, uh, you know, desperate ladies who <laughs> needed male attention because they weren't there weren't groups of women sitting around doing. No, that's true. It was a one woman surrounded by 40 guys. <laughs> Eat a goldfish. <laughs> um, now, uh, many towns passed ordinances, because this was going on so much. Okay. Making it illegal, and a uh, Massachusetts state senator presented a bill which attempted to protect the fish from cruel and wanton consumption. Well, that's good. Yes. Like that, that's incredibly progressive for 1939. <laughs> And you know this is this is before uh, you know the idea of eating a, a fish not alive but uncooked had uh, yeah, landed on sushi. Sushi wasn't a thing. It uh, it hadn't quite made its way over to America yet. So um, which is oh, <laughs> like <laughs> like there were there's so many steps to need to take. Like these men. <laughs> Need, like a couple years later, they're going to be sent to war. Like, yeah. and so your fish eating days are over, guys. <laughs> also, and then you have to fight the Japanese, and then years will go by, and then you have to get sushi from them. <laughs> That's true. Oh, if you guys only understood the future. And this is a this is another thing about this is uh, you know sometimes you you hear like the, a story about like crazy laws <laughs> and so you know you would read like there's a law in the book that says in Massachusetts you're not allowed to eat a live goldfish and a kid would be like why does that law need to happen well because of this yeah thanks harvard uh, <laughs> uh also uh the US public health service warned that ingesting live goldfish could result in the swallower contracting anemia through tapeworms living in the fish. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, finally, a professor at UCLA concluded that an adult male could safely consume up to 150 fish, but warned against exceeding that amount. In a lifetime or a day? <laughs> I don't, I probably in a sitting, I guess. Uh, I don't know, maybe a lifetime. Oh, man, would you do 150, <laughs> not in one mouthful? <laughs> Uh, I guess it's like because you don't want to chew it. That's why they call it swallowing. You don't yeah. want to. You don't want to devour. This. I can't. Like I can't even imagine. Mm. It's it's the idea of something wiggling. Mm -hmm. uh, there goes your social life. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a that's a take on the joke from Clueless <laughs> about a, balls flying at your nose. That's pretty. It was a it was a pretty good take. It was a hot take. Thanks. Uh, over at the University of Pennsylvania, a student down twenty five. While a guy at MIT briefly became the new intercollegiate goldfish swallowing champion with a count of 42. Uh, as the spring progressed, some girls joined in and rivalries emerged between schools. According to one source, the final winner. Do you think Va they're better at Vassar or Sarah Lawrence? 
with goldfish <laughs> swallowing. Yeah. A lot of kids, when they were deciding what school to go to mm-hmm. that year. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did the, which one of the seven sisters did best in goldfish swallowing? Uh, the final winner may have been Clark University's Joseph DeLiberato, who in April of that year gulped up a stomach-turning 89 goldfish in one sitting. Oh, what do you think the nickname he got was? (laughs) Grosso. Yeah. (laughs) Aquarium belly. Forever alone. (laughs) Yeah. Fishbowl del Grosso. (laughs) So, uh, and then the the trend uh, after it was made uh, illegal uh, in Massachusetts uh, really died down in the college world. Uh, But still today, uh, you're... your Steve-O's from Jackass did a lot of goldfish yes, swallowing. Yes, yes. And there's quite a few YouTube videos of kids doing it. So it's not sure. a trend that's completely gone Yeah, away. it's it's the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> except, oh, see, that would have been perfect for this. Except it's more challenging. Yeah, and uh, more, more, more cruel. Cinnamon, as far as you know, can't feel anything. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, they really, like... That's reason enough for America to enter World War II. <laughs> it's like, let's get our young people <laughs> doing gotta, something constructive. Yeah, we got to get... <laughs> this was the greatest generation. That's how they started out. Yeah. Eating goldfish. Oh, wow. The little snack that smiles back until you bite their heads off. I wonder, I wonder, and I have no way of confirming this, but I wonder if that's where that guy got the idea of turning... Goldfish crackers? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That guy. That yeah. guy. <laughs> Howard R. Goldfish. <laughs> Famous goldfish magnate. Um, okay, so I have a new thing. Okay. My new thing is Pretty Little Liars. Okay, okay. Now, this is a TV show. Yeah. This is a TV show that has been on for six seasons. Okay. 130 episodes. It is a show on ABC Family. And now I've never seen the show. I don't know anyone who has ever seen it. Okay, all right. But I do know... That every time there's a celebrity, I don't know, hounding out a surfboard at an award show, (laughs) it's an actress from Pretty Little Liars. Okay, okay. So, so what's the what's the conceit? It is four friends band together against an anonymous foe who threatens to reveal their darkest secrets while unraveling the mystery of the murder of their best friend. So this is like Gossip Girl plus a murder. Yeah, it is a uh, teen mystery thriller, Mm. which when I thought about it, I don't know of any, I don't think this is a genre that existed when we were teenagers. There's a lot of teen genres that never existed when we were teenagers. There were teen, like, you know, mystery, like there was Goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) There was spooky shows. (laughs) Yeah, there was Goosebumps. There was Eerie Indiana. Yep. There was- But uh, there was nothing like, uh, there was no sexy- Teen thing, like all the sexy teen thing was, oh. were like nine or two and oh. Yeah, because I think the idea of a high school being the setting for a place that, and I could be uh, wrong on this, but I think the first uh, show to do that was Degrassi Junior High. Mm. And then Aaron Spelling wanted to buy that. And uh, the person who developed said, you, you can, but you can't change, you can't. Glam it up. And so that's when he started 90210. Right. And the rest is history. But that was never, yeah, that was never like a thriller. No. Or if it was, it was in short spurts. It was like. Maybe a special Halloween episode. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, someone got shot. Yeah. I admit the one, the one entry, but it was kind of after we were teenagers would have been Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. But that's supernatural. And right. The, oh, yeah, I guess so. Just like, uh, just, yeah, teen teen crime. Yeah. Yeah, not like, for sure. But not like super heavy adult stuff to deal with for teenagers. Yeah. But, no, I don't think we did have that. So it's not Gossip Girls and it's not Gilmore Girls. No. And it's, and it's not Vampire Diaries. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Sucker Punch related. Okay. Um, uh, or it might be that movie where James Franco is Riff Raff. <laughs> Oh, uh, I was going to say beachcombers. That's not right. <laughs> Beach bangers. <laughs> um, it ha- it starts Lucy Hale, who I do not know. Nope. Ashley Benson, who I do not know. Shay Mitchell, who I do not know. And <laughs> Troy Ann Belisario, who I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, these are these are all ladies. Yeah. Okay. Um, it had one episode featuring Richard Belzer as Detective Munch. So it's part of the same universe as Law and Order, The Wire, 
uh, Homicide, Life on the Street, and The X-Files. I love it. Well, I made that fact up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. I know, right? <laughs> um, so basically, uh, uh, Pretty Little Liars is yeah. like a sexy adult Degrassi. Okay. Yes. And these are kids that are trying to solve a murder? <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're not trying to cover up a murder. And I, I did look up. No, I think they are are uh, uh, unraveling the mystery of <laughs> and the murder of their best friend. Okay, sure. It, now, it call me old fashioned, but when I was a teen, if there was a murder at my school, I'd tell an adult. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is what we did in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was and I was time. I was looking up shows from our youth. Yeah, and I was like, uh, trying to find ones that were like, is there an equivalent? Because uh, there was, I, and I looked up like uh, Roswell, like yeah, that's sort of a, a dark mystery thing. But it's, was that it's paranormal an alien thing. Yeah, okay. It was like X Files for kids, for, for <laughs> teens, for hot teens. Uh, but yeah, Buffy. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, but, but that's just spooky. Those were just spooky. Yeah. Uh, Nine or two and zero. My so-called life was sort of like soap opera y, but and it was angsty. But it was it was. To grassy, it, yeah, it was. It was more. Uh, it was more re- kind of realism. Dawson's Creek. That Ooh, that was yeah. nothing. <laughs> I don't know what Dawson's Creek was. It was certainly, uh, you know, the teen show at uh, the time. And uh, th- I think the closest thing that we had to Pretty Little Liars was Breaker High. <laughs> No murder on Breaker. Well, was there though? (laughs) Well, you didn't read the novels. (laughs) Murder on the high seas. Yeah. Um, So that is Pretty Little Liars. I still don't know what it is. Yeah, no, I I definitely uh, saw an ad in a magazine for it. uh And that's as far as I went. But there's over 100 episodes of it. Super popular, you got to imagine. Yeah, you got (laughs) to. Because, you know, they don't make 100 episodes of a show that no one's watching. Well. <laughs> we we made four hundred episodes of the show no one was listening to. Um, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I didn't know. I'm glad now that I know a little bit more. Yeah, it's yeah. like a it's like a Gossip Girly thing. <laughs> is one of the people? Is one of the characters in Gossip Girl dead? Is the is uh, God? Well, no. What the, that that show that was for adults, uh, Desperate Housewives. Oh, was narrated, narrated by, by a, a dead. Uh, yeah, by a deado. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I don't think there was a dead person on. It did have a different, the narrator of Gossip Girl was Kristen Bell. Yeah. And she was. But she wasn't a character. Well, I think they revealed her at some point. They figured out who Gossip Girl was. Well, we are in over our heads. Oh boy. (laughs) So what happens now? Do I do an old? Yeah, you do an old. I think I only have one old left. And I only have one new left. So there we go. Well, then let's do it. Uh, my old. Is uh, venereal disease. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I mean, is that not still happening to this day? Specifically, Canadian venereal disease. Go on. Um, specifically, in the 1940s, in Ontario, Canada's largest province, there was an alarming increase in venereal disease, uh, juvenile delinquency. Okay. Particularly female juvenile delinquency was blamed for spreading VD among military and civilian populations. Ah. So this was considered a threat to the war effort. Oh, wow. Um, and as the infections increased, so did the groundswell for uh, the support, uh, groundswell of support for sexual education in school. So before this, you were just, uh, you would, you would talk to an old farm hand and he would tell you what's what. Yep. He would. <laughs> he, Cause he'd seen a lot of, uh, animals doing it. Sure. And he would show you, you know, the proper way to milk a creature. <laughs> yeah. And, and you would have to talk to a sailor. They were the only ones who knew about condoms. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, uh, this old thing that I'm doing, it, it's not really venereal disease. It's the, uh, uh, the first Sex ed curriculum wow. in Ontario in the 1940s. Um, so, w- g- going back to our generation's sex ed, when did you, what grade were you in when you first did it? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember before they even taught us, like, how everything works, th- we had to learn, we learned, like, 
don't let anyone touch your bathing suit area. Oh, sure. Yeah. So there was even bef- like, there was just like knowing, they called it the no feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. If, if something was giving you the no feeling, <laughs> then report it to an adult. I think I remember making a joke that homework gave me the no feeling. <laughs> sure. Um, Graham, get out. <laughs> if you're not going to take this seriously. Um, and then maybe around puberty times. Yeah. A, jun- that, a junior high. They separated out. the boys and the girls. Yes. Well, for some of it. Uh, but uh, like the girls needed to learn different things. Yeah. <laughs> which probably we should have learned too. Yeah. I think uh would have been uh, helpful. <laughs> I'm still trying to fit a, a vodka soaked tampon up my butt. Um, you think they would have covered that in some sense? Well, they should now. Um, yeah. The, and uh, I remember you had to get, uh, you had to uh, get a consent form signed oh. by your parents. Oh, I don't remember that. In, in my school, because there was a couple kids whose parents refused. Mm-hmm. And so they just had to sit in the hall. Because <laughs> uh, their parents didn't want the school system teaching, which, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like. But it's, it was very saves funny. me the trouble. There was no secondary activity. It was just you kids sit in the hall. <laughs> Couldn't they do some kind of heavy petting? <laughs> That's probably they were they were learning uh, by doing. Yeah, learning on the job. Yeah, <laughs> job shadowing. Um, so uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> like I remember it was also like culturally it was the AIDS was a big thing. Yep, and so we were all learning about like. How to not get AIDS. And also, though. And then there was a very special episode of every TV show that there was a a Salt and Pepper had a song. There was a Degrassi episode where uh, Joey Jeremiah gets beaten up by a bully who has AIDS. Uh huh. There was uh, uh, Color Me Bad had a song. Uh, Uh, There was was that song about a short, short man. (laughs) There was a song about a detachable penis. It was all very confusing. (laughs) And so. Uh, but if this, if you were in Ontario in the mid forties, you had to be grade 10 and up. Okay. Had to learn about it. Um, and the teacher's guidebook included a Latin poem. (laughs) Okay. From the year 1525 (laughs) entitled syphilis (laughs) that described the God Apollo afflicting a shepherd with a new disease. (laughs) And they're like, and that concludes our sex education. It was you had to learn the classics in order to learn. <laughs> oh wow! I can't remember any of the sex ed poems we learned, other than <laughs> let's talk about sex. <laughs> um, uh, they learned that there's no danger of contracting venereal disease if we do not expose ourselves to persons who suffer from them in communicable form. Right? They really dumbed it down for teenagers. <laughs> um. Uh, the, the bulk of venereal disease in our province is confined to a minority of the population where a reservoir of infection exists as a public health menace to all people. Wow. Which makes me think that just don't go to have sex down at the reservoir. <laughs> also, I remember as a kid them saying, uh, what was the safest kind of sex you could have? No sex. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I remember watching an episode of The Office where, like, that's just saying, like, the safest type of skiing you can do is no skiing, which is not a type of sex. They're like, abstinence, that's a type of sex. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, boy. <laughs> boy, is it ever. Yeah. Although it, it, it's the kind that leaves you yearning for more. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> they said, uh, in this curriculum, people suffering from venereal disease are not readily recognizable to us, for they show no outward evidence of the disease okay. except that they're very popular <laughs> um, and also uh wasn't wasn't like uh al capone a young al capone syphilitic wasn't he uh yeah yeah he, yeah he, he, he didn't die of it did he maybe i think he was killed by the police yeah possibly <laughs> but he uh, definitely he had the itches <laughs> <laughs> he had yearnings i honestly still don't know what syphilis is except that you can clear it up with uh, antibiotics. Yeah. And when that be- came around, that was a big scare too because it, it was like, oh no, now kids are free to just like... <laughs> Get some lists all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, part of this curriculum said that the army of Charles VIII of France was smitten with syphilis when they invaded Italy in 1493, which is an anti-Italian sentiment. <laughs> yeah, and also, is it the syphilis that you're smitten with? 
Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh boy, it's Monica Bellucci. <laughs> The only sexy Italian lady I can think of at the moment. Yeah, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, sure. Um, another racist part of this uh, curriculum uh, said that a doctor in Barcelona probably saw the first case of syphilis in Europe when he examined Columbus's men who had returned from Haiti. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. We didn't have syphilis before you <laughs> brought it back from those people. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Columbus. Columbus, if, if that's... Uh, if that has any kind of grain of truth to it, that Columbus had syphilis, for sure he got it somewhere and spread it all over the world. Yeah. He's uh, not not a great character of history. Oh, well, it's debatable. Okay, sure. Um, and there was a, a uh, push for mandatory STD screening in the 40s in high schools. Jesus. Uh, although one source I saw said it was just strongly encouraged. But can you just imagine, like, <sighs> everyone in school going and just... <laughs> Having the, their genitals looked at in and, school. And also, like getting your report card was bad enough because like everybody's like, what did you get? And you have to be like, oh. VD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the, one of the hordes of uh, the, the reservoir. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that's my old thing. Old timey sex ed. That was, that's great. Well done. Hey, thanks. Um, and I guess my last uh, thing is a new thing. Ah. Now, this is something that I didn't know anything about. I had to learn it the old man way. Uh-huh. Via. Condios? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Condios.com. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, a character, uh, a, a man uh-huh. named uh, DJ Khaled. Khaled? <laughs> this is how old man I am. DJ Khaled. Uh, he is, he's a, a hip-hop producer, uh-huh. radio DJ, and, but mostly he's a, a kind of just an internet uh, celebrity. Yeah. And um, it's, he has introduced into the lexicon a whole... Uh, genre of uh, catchphrases and uh, okay, like and so, what? Well, this is this is a or uh, how or how mostly through Vine videos, Vine videos and YouTube, Instas. And he's he's one of the kings of Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's not a it's not, he's atypical of this uh, group because most of the Vine stars, most of the uh, Instagram stars. Very young. He's like 40? Yes, he is, he's a 40, and he's not a, he's a 40, very heavy set man, uh-huh. uh, bearded, uh, not a ton of hair, uh, kind of balding guy. Sure. So, so not who you would consider somebody that kids would gravitate towards and say like, this guy's inventing the new hip he's phrases. He's like the Kool-Aid man of Instagram. <laughs> so kids gravitate towards his sugary sweetness. And he... He's uh, uh, he's a very uh, a positive. His everything about him is uh, positivity. You can overcome this. I don't know much about him. I know I know him to see him, and I know a few of his songs. Yeah, and I don't know any of his songs. Well, I only know his songs. I knew you were doing him as a topic, and so I I have a few of his songs on my iTunes. Yeah, and when it when it's on random mode, I can always identify his songs because in the first ten seconds. They all have one thing in common, and I'll play. I've I've got four four starts of his song. Oh, okay, sure. and you'll be able to tell how how I know their DJ Khaled song. As we move on, DJ Khaled. Brand new single, come in, DJ Khaled. That's one. DJ Khaled. That's two. Oh yeah, I don't know who this is yet. Oh wait. DJ <laughs> Okay, so he's not he's not shy about self promotion. Yeah, he's the best. Uh, we the best. <laughs> so it, here are some of the catchphrases. Okay. That the the youth are spraying around, and I've seen them on uh, Twitter, and had this is why I had to look this up. Okay, I was like I don't know what the big one that I've seen is something called uh, catchphrases. Bless up. Okay, uh, define th- it. This can be a general uh, greeting, 
like uh, what's up? Ble- bless up, fam. Yeah. And uh, general wishes of well-being upon you. I wish you general wishes of well-being upon yeah. you. Bless up, Dave. I wish these blessings towards you. Uh, major, and also with you. Major key. Major key, K-E-Y. Yep. Uh, this is uh, probably the most popular catchphrase. Is it a musical? Uh, uh, no, it's a- Illusion? It's uh, like a key key to success. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, the, he will say, he'll kind of uh, let you know that he's about to tell you one of the keys to success. Oh. Listen up, this is a major key. But it, in music, minor keys are like sad, sad keys. Major keys are positive, uplifting things. Yeah. FYI. But he, he uses the uh, uh, the key emoji okay. a lot, and uh, so and he'll say major key or major key alert mm-hmm. if you're sleeping. Um, uh, <laughs> and then he's got tons more. Those are the two that I had heard. But uh, there's a cloth alert. Okay, is that new new clothing? Um, <laughs> it's just anything when Khaled is sharing something really good. Sometimes it is a physical product like a new shirt uh-huh. or a new pair of Jordans. Uh-huh. What are those? <laughs> See, I'm talking like a kid. <laughs> um, uh, he will say something like, uh, <laughs> one of them is DJ Khaled <laughs> said in most of his songs. Right. Uh, he will say they don't want you, uh-huh. which is uh, kind of a, he says they in the context of their haters. Some, yeah. People who are trying to keep you down. Yeah. And uh, so when he says they don't want you, it's they don't want you to succeed. Yeah. You're going to. This anyways. is a motivational thing. I get it. Um, And that's his, that's his whole shtick is mm-hmm. he's like a motivational, live your best life, try hard. They're going to keep you down. You keep going. When he gets a haircut, he calls it a fresh cut. Okay. Um, and another one of the common phrases he uses is another one, which is- Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen this. It's about having another success. I've, I've done it. I've done another and another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's a new song or new clothing or whatever, he's I, just another success in the call. I, uh, I just followed him on Instagram on your- uh, on your recommendation. Uh-huh. Would you call it a recommendation? Sure. He actually looks like one of my favorite Instagram guys, this guy, the Fat Jewish. Oh, yeah, the Fat Jewish. Very funny. Very. A real original. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is this is a guy, He's uh, his catchphrases are uh, uh, are being used by the youth. I- interesting in that he is, he is not one of the youth. No. But has certainly become a... Uh, a cultural Kool-Aid man. Yeah, he's kind of like, uh, I would say the equivalent of like, uh, you know, like how Hunter S. Thompson was at the edge of the counterculture and he was an old man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or <laughs> Timothy Leary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there you go. That's that's my last new of something old, something new. Tune in, turn off, drop out, another one. Bless up. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this, uh, this experimental format. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Let us know if you enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. Thank you for your donations. And uh, yeah. this is, this is our little secret. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, something that, that during the, uh, no feeling, uh, stranger danger, uh, sort of early sex education. What uh, the uh, this is our little secret? Oh, was sure. a uh, red flag. Yeah, for us uh, kids. Also, yeah. helping someone find a puppy is <laughs> something you should yeah. never do. Also, also getting into a van, which was very hard to resist because the A team was very popular at the time. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you very much for listening uh, and uh, for donating and uh, just for being being all around great. And we hope you learned something from the old. To the the new. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.